Welcome to Don't Read Drunk, a podcast about books and booze. I'm Jenny, and I'll be your host. Hi, and welcome back. It is episode 84, and we'll be talking about five total strangers. And I keep wanting to say five perfect strangers. I think it's because of that show or movie, whatever it is, that's nine perfect strangers. So I, there's a very good chance that I'm going to mess it up and feel free to laugh at me, but let's move on (laughs) because there is a good likelihood that it's going to happen. But I'm finally feeling back to normal and healthy again. We've still got the haze from those wildfires up in Canada. So I think my cough is actually some sort of illness because I'm not still coughing like I was. I actually did have a little bit of a cough today, which I think is probably now from those wildfires and the the air quality. But I don't think before when that two weeks I felt like crap, I think that was really just some sort of crappy illness that I had. But the weather has been so phenomenal, and that's definitely helping my mood a lot. Now we're a bit dry, but we're supposed to be getting rain on Saturday, and I hope we do because we need it. I know though most of the Wisconsinites have been enjoying the weather as well because of the scent of bonfires and grills that's filling the air, and it's definitely my favorite part about spring and summer is the good weather and the good times and just being outside and enjoying the sunshine for once and everything turning green. I, you know, I've talked about wanting to move out of Wisconsin and I do want to move out of Wisconsin at some point, but it is so beautiful in the spring and early summer. I really love it. After a long winter, we definitely have to come out of hibernation to enjoy the sunshine and the warmth. I had a great conversation this morning, actually, with my friend, sponsor, and creator of the music that I do use for this podcast, Aaron Ruiz. Aaron is such a talented guy, and I always enjoy spending time with him. And I needed him to come over for a party at the house sometime soon and hang out and play some music. He is actually playing at Summerfest, which is Milwaukee's huge music festival. He's playing at noon on July 6th. So if you're in the area, definitely check him out because I think he's a really talented guy. He also dropped the full song, part of which is used for my intro and outro music. It's called Optimist Prime, and it's about this really lucid dream that he had about dying. And we were just kind of talking about it this morning because I know I said once he dropped the full song, that then I would let people know that the music for my podcast for the intro and stuff was actually a full song. So now it is now it's on Optimus or it's called Optimus Prime and it's on all the platforms, you know, Spotify, Amazon Music, that kind of stuff. So check it out. It's always nice to hang out in uh, the morning and share some thoughts about life. Clyde's mom was there too. Clyde is a dog that I love who's not my dog, but he's so cute and his mom is so nice. And we've kind of gotten to know each other a little bit and get a little chatty when we see each other. So it was cool to see her too. It's such a great environment and I really love spending time there. It's like, I know I can make tea at home and I can get that specific tea that they serve to make at home, but it's not just about the tea. It's about the environment and Yeah, I'm on kind of a tight budget right now, but it's worth it to see my friends. I'm also keeping those friends up to date on how the online dating is going. In fact, one of my coffee dates from online dating was actually there. That guy was like 36, but he seemed like he was 26. So that was a big no for me. (laughs) There is 
a guy and I'm trying not to get too excited about it because I've been burned so many times by online dating and we have only met once because he's out of town for work. So we haven't been able to see each other again other than that one time. So I'm half waiting for him to ghost me just because that's so common in dating now, but maybe not. Who knows? We text and we talk on the phone pretty regularly and I do kind of like him. So we'll see what happens on that front. I'm getting a little excited about it, but I'm still being careful to protect my heart and be smart about things. So technically I'm off the dating app for now until I see where this goes. And now some of you may be screaming at me right now saying, no, don't do that, Jenny. Keep your options open. (laughs) I'm just not that kind of person though. I can't really juggle like multiple people that if this doesn't work out, then that's fine. I'll just take a little break and then maybe hop back on. But I can't have like multiple people that I'm talking to. It's like, I don't know. I'm just maybe too monogamous in that way. (laughs) But in the meantime, wish me luck and we'll hope things go well for me. Let's talk about the booze this week. And I really wanted to do a red wine, but it's been so hot that wine has not been my go-to drink lately. Technically, water has been my go-to drink lately because it's so hot. And yes, red wine always pairs so well with a suspense or a thriller. But I wasn't sitting inside in the air conditioning reading this one. I have been outside as much as possible lately. And so that means I've been reading outside in the like 80 and 90 degree weather. And which means that this week definitely called for an ice cold beer. And if you follow me on Insta, you already know the beer this week is Sep's Extra Pale Pilsner. This is a beer that I actually didn't pick for myself. One of my good friends came for a visit visit, and she bought a few beers for me to sample and brought them over for me. And she knows about this podcast and she knows that I enjoy beers. So she thought she'd give me some options. And it's honestly not one that I would have picked up for myself. Pilsner isn't exactly one of my favorites, but I will say that I really enjoyed it and it was perfect for a hot summer day. The Conrad Sepp Brewing Company is a Chicago brewery, so definitely a close neighbor, and it was founded in 1854, and I love how the website states that the brewery, quote, tells the story of the city's history, the hope of immigrants, the determination to innovate, the respect for hard work. They have the Extra Pale Pilsner that I'm featuring today, as well as the World's Fair Bach and a Hefeweizen. The Extra Pale Pilsner seems really to be like their flagship beer. It comes in at 4.5 ABV, ABV, (laughs) and it has an IBU of 35. The website says it's, quote, prehibition Pilsner. It's full-bodied, clean, and crisp with notable noticeable hop bitterness balancing a slightly sweet malt roundedness. Personally, I would note that the quote noticeable hop bitterness and keep in mind that if you don't like hoppy beers, it's likely you'll still enjoy this one because it's not really hoppy hoppy and it's pretty mild in my opinion. It's a pilsner so it's not even remotely as hoppy as an IPA would be so don't let that Um, part of the description turn you off at all from it if you're not a hoppy fan. This is perfect for grilling, which is exactly what I did that day in the photo on Instagram. The day my girls came over and we grilled out. I did not use this beer for boiling brats. Instead, I used an old can of Milwaukee's Best for that. This would be a great beer for boiling brats, though, if you're the type of person I am who likes to boil my brats before they get cooked on the grill because I know there is a huge argument. I think I 
I've talked about this before, actually, which is funny that something like this gets talked about multiple times. But, you know, there's kind of a bit of a disagreement with um, people in Wisconsin, whether you boil in beer first and then grill or grill and then let them soak in the warm beer and onions. But I'm the type of person where it's boil in the beer and onions and then grill and get that like caramelization on the outside. And mm, I just had a fabulous meal, but that still sounds really good. <laughs> Anyways, it's also a refreshingly lighter beer, but more flavorful than your average, average Bud or Miller product. So definitely pair this for grilling out a great night around the fire and good friends. This is one I drink, but I would also get for a group because it's something that's really inoffensive and a beer that would be easy on the palate, even those for those who are not as discerning with their beer as I am and as you may or may not be. Getting into the author today, when I picked up this book, I had no idea who Natalie D. Richards was, but apparently she's a New York Times bestselling author. She does not have a Wikipedia page, but she does have a very nice website, which is definitely touting the new release of her book called Four Found Dead that came out May 2nd of this year from her website. And I definitely did shorten this up and cut this just a little bit. Quote, Natalie D. Richards is the author of two New York Times bestsellers, Five Total Strangers 2020, and did I say that right? Yes, Five Total Strangers and Seven Dirty Secrets 2021, as well as six additional novels. Natalie writes, quote, page-turning thrillers for a young adult audience. Natalie won her first writing contest when she was in the second grade with a short story about Barbara Francis Bizzlefish's would not dare do the dishes, which this is not in there. This is my statement about her bio, but it leads me to believe that she was influenced at that age by Sarah Sylvia Stout and Shel Silverstein. So mad props for that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then look up that poem by Shel Silverstein. But back to her bio, quote, when she isn't shopping a manuscript or writing, she can most likely be found wading through the huge stacks of dog-eared paperback books that have taken over her bedroom. As a writer, she tends to write by the seat of her pants without much of a clue where she is going with each scene or often with the entire book as a whole. Natalie finds this helps her maintain an authentic edge of suspense in all her work because she honestly has no idea just how or even if her characters will get out of whichever mess she has wrote them into. Natalie currently lives in Ohio with her three children and very large dog, Wookie. So I love her bio and how fun and personal it is. While this isn't my favorite book, and of course I'll get into that more, she definitely seems like a fun person and I would go have a beer with her for sure. So I will add her to the list of um, authors that I want to have a beer with, which again, this year I think was going to be my goal to actually start making that happen and um, start with... Uh, that other suspense author. Now I can't think of his name, but I got to get back on track with that. <laughs> it's definitely something that I want to do is, is start trying to have beers with some of my favorite authors. Personally, I have an idea of where my story is going when I write. I'm not a fully like outline type of writer like some people are, but I can't just fly by the seat of my pants in my writing. Though I will say it feels like I've been doing a lot in life lately, just hanging on for dear life and somehow making it through life one moment at a time. 
So when I bought this book, I actually had no idea it was a YA thriller. I knew it was a thriller, obviously, but not young adults. And I didn't buy it this year. So if you've been following me, you'll know I'm still in my year of not buying any books. It's been really hard, but it's been a good catch. It's been good to catch up on my TBR list of books that are just sitting on my bookshelf. Plus, I've been utilizing the library a lot, of course. But back to the book. I wish I would have known it was YA because I might have had different expectations for it than what I did. Right off the bat, the writing certainly seemed more young adult. And honestly, maybe that should have been my big clue. I definitely was thinking that the writing wasn't as great as I was hoping for it to be. And of course, in hindsight, it does make sense. As I've said, I don't always look up or learn about the books that I'm reading before I'm reading, since I like that certain element of surprise, and there's a lot of spoilers that you read about books, sometimes even in just the descriptions, or if you try to look up something quick, you might get like a headline or something that gives some of the information away that you don't want to know. But in this case, it came back to bite me because I think I would have enjoyed it more had I known it was YA. And In my defense, just because the characters are younger does not mean it's a YA book. I did like the premise a lot. If you haven't heard of Natalie D. Richards or Five Total Strangers, this is the story of a high school girl, Myra, who is traveling from California where she attends school back home to get to her mother's house. Due to a huge snowstorm, she is stranded at the airport. She urgently wants to get back home to her mom due to some losses in the family. So when a young woman she met on the plane offers her a ride with a couple of other college students who are trying to get home, Mira quickly accepts. Mira soon realizes that she is in a dangerous situation with a bunch of people that she doesn't know. I really thought the idea was good, and there were definitely certain aspects of it that were executed well. The characters are very young adults in a way that I didn't really like. They put into stereotypical characteristics like the junkie, the IT, the it girl. Sorry, I was going to say the IT girl. She's not an IT girl. She's the it girl and the jock and the nice guy. There's also a very surface type of characters with very little depth or background. I would have liked to see a little more complexity to the characters. And in my opinion, being stuck in a car with a bunch of strangers would be a great way to use that to your benefit as an author. As the characters get to know each other, then the reader also gets to know them. While there is a danger to this, as in like letting on too much information, I think there's plenty the author could have done in this area to provide additional layers to the characters as well as build up some suspense. This is a bit of a spoiler here, so skip ahead about a minute or two if you don't want the spoiler. It's not a really big one, but if you're like me and you like going in with as little information as possible, then you might want to skip this. The suspense is also created by letters to Mira from a secret admirer. These letters break up the chapters. The thing is, Mira doesn't know about the letters, which I also think is a missed opportunity. While Mira does have some intuition that things aren't quite right, having her know would, I think, help build up even more suspense. While the reader knows, and so it helps up build a little additional suspense, having that empathy for Mira would have increased the feeling for me. I've mentioned before that generally when I'm reading a suspense or thriller, I'm not actively trying to figure things out. For me, trying to figure things out ruins the experience for me, but I do definitely know others who like the detective type work of trying to uncover the story as they are reading. Personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Read and let read. (laughs) Though I did try actively figuring out things in this one because I was judging a writing since I hadn't realized yet that it was a young adult novel. And I absolutely figured out 
who was writing the letters. There was a little bit of a twist that I didn't see coming, but it wasn't like a huge, big surprise or anything that made me go, oh, so that's how it happened. The surprise reveal felt like almost an afterthought, which in Richard's bio, she does talk about her writing style, not exactly knowing where the story is going. So this could be an example of how her style of writing didn't exactly do the story any favors because it very well could have been the afterthought that it felt like. And so I'm kind of done bashing now. I do feel bad when I don't like a book because I know how hard authors work and I know what a personal experience writing can be for a lot of people. It definitely is for me anyways, as a writer, and I have never had anything published. So (laughs) I'm sure there's a different level to it. And hopefully they develop a little bit of a thicker skin than I tend to have in my life anyways. And there were some great parts to the story in the writing. I personally think it's an extremely plausible story and plot. I definitely read some reviews that felt like it wasn't plausible, but I thought it was. Uh, Richards builds Mira's backstory and the reasoning for her wanting to get home is something that even as a 43-year-old, I can think, okay, yeah, even though it's risky, I would really want to get home too in that kind of situation. Having driven in some dangerous snowstorms, the risk is mostly not worth it, and I'm much more cautious than I was when I was younger, but I definitely get Mira's anxiousness to get home. I've been caught in some snowstorms that I knew were coming, but it didn't seem too bad, so I started traveling, then it continually got worse. The suspense is also built by the snowstorm and the bad roads. While Richards did a good job in her descriptions and accuracy accuracy of storms and the dangers, it is something that I've lived through. So adding that anxiety of experience gave it a better read, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, there is one part that gets a little less plausible. But at the same time, the incident involves some overly enthusiastic a-holes. And with some recent stories in the news, it's maybe a little more plausible than I'd like to think it is. There are several interactions that the group has at various stops along their route, and I'd like to hope there are some business owners that would be a little more welcoming to a group of young adults than what happened in this book. But I also know that many people act exactly like the side characters in this book do. And while you can be a kind and generous person, as I like to think I am, you do need to be cautious of strangers because not everyone is just looking for shelter and somewhere safe to be. And this reminded me of that big snowstorm that I think was earlier this year in New York State. And I read about how some people were turned away from homes that were just looking for shelter. And again, even though I think I'm kind and generous, it would be a little scary for me to open up my home to a stranger or strangers in this case of the book. Not that I think everyone is out to get me, but you never know the nefarious intentions of others or that given an opportunity Someone might not do something they otherwise wouldn't if that opportunity hadn't arisen. The way that Richard sets up the story, too, made it also seem very plausible that everyone's batteries would be low on their cell phones and their other electronic devices. They had taken one flight already, so if you're like me, you're using up the battery on the flight and charging up once you're back at the airport waiting for the connecting flight. On one particularly long trip, I did get an external battery to use, and I do like it, but I don't always have that with me. Sometimes in thrillers, even thrillers for adults, things seem a bit too contrived. And in this case, I will say, Richards did a good job of things not feeling contrived. At least that was my opinion of the read. There are some things that happened that was the typical stupid stuff people do in a thriller. But I will say the older I get, the more I realize that sometimes it's just 
typical stupid stuff people do in real life. <laughs> the kid and I were talking about this because we watched the new Scream movie on Paramount Plus, and he had never seen the old ones, so we had to go back and watch the originals from the beginning. We had the conversation about people doing su- stupid stuff in horror movies, but that sometimes when you're in a traumatic or terrifying situation, your brain isn't thinking normally. So sometimes in movies and books, you've got to give the characters a little le- leeway for that. And in real life, there are honestly just people who aren't as intelligent. And I try to remind my son that there will always be someone better looking, smarter, more accomplished, and cooler than you. But at the same time, you will also be better looking, smarter, more accomplished, and cooler than some people. So don't think you're better than anyone else. What makes you special and different is how you treat people and by being a good person so you can be proud of yourself. So sorry, tangent again. (laughs) Even though this wasn't my favorite book, there are always good quotes and great moments in the books that I can enjoy. One quote was about loss. Mira thinks, losing Phoebe taught me when your world falls to pieces, your brain will not keep you moving. Your brain will shut down to a low static hum. Your heart will tear itself in half and ache until you're sure you'll die, until some part of you wishes you could. It's your instincts that will keep you alive. And dang, did this quote hit hard. I really felt that one deep down. If you've been following, I've had a bit of a tough year this past year and only really recently pulled myself out of the fog. And there were days it was only my instincts and my need to be a mom to my son that kept me going. This isn't a good quote of Mira's. It's something that you know comes directly from the author and her life experience. Also, this came up in last week's episode, too, when I was talking about chasing happiness. Mira's parents tell her that they just want her to be happy. And this is something that was, maybe is still common. But we want our children to be happy with their life choices, who their partner is, and in their careers. But it's something that I need to make sure I communicate well to the boy. That I want him to be happy, but it's not always going to be happy, and that's okay, too. That chasing happiness won't make you happy, but it's overall how you live your life. I'm not going to get into this all over again since we just talked about it, but I know as my parents did, I want to try to impart some of my knowledge and life lessons on my child, so hopefully I can save him a little bit of pain in life. I wanted to give this one a higher rating, and I honestly might have if I would have read it knowing it was a YA book, but I had to give this one a 2.5 out of 5. Immediately after reading, I would have said a 2, but on a deeper reflection, I'll give it that extra half a point, which does happen now that I'm doing this podcast. My initial reactions might end up being different than my final rating because I like to take some time to reflect and think about a lot more than what I used to. Goodreads gives it a 3.32, which is a surprisingly low rating. Even that bad cozy mystery that I read a couple weeks ago had a higher rating, and this was so much better than that one was. So as always, take ratings with a grain of salt and read for yourself. One reviewer confessed to normally being a tough rater when it comes to YA thrillers and noted that there were some negative reviews on this one, but quote, I was already hooked and felt like watching a fast-paced, breathtaking, captivating, low-budget, Bloomhouse teenage thriller movie. It was excellent, mind-blowing, surprising, twisting, and plot idea was also simple, action-packed, and brilliant. Another reviewer said, quote, the subplots were a joke. Another said, quote, decent read, interesting characters and plot, but the story was overhyped from everyone who had previously mentioned this book to me, and was good. 
The general consensus on Goodreads was like three stars, so it's more of a middle-of-the-road type of book, which is something I can't agree with. It wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible, and it was a nice light story despite being a thriller, so it's a bit of a palate cleanser for some of the heavier topics I've focused on lately and kind of the generalized stress I have going on in my life right now. Media recommendations this week, Don't Worry Darling on Netflix, and I know that I am a little behind on this one, but I watched it and I really enjoyed it. I thought Florence Pugh was phenomenal. And I don't know if I've seen her in anything else. Harry Styles was just kind of eh, but he wasn't horrible. The story and style remind me a bit of Black Mirror and I liked that a lot. It's probably something I'd watch again. And I don't have normally say that about movies because I tend to lean more towards series shows because they have more time to really develop the story. But I thought this one was really re- well done, which is why I recommend it. And that's all I've got for media recommendations this week. It's been a little crazy, so I haven't been able to watch much TV during my downtimes. The Chihuahua did have his eyeballs removed, so I've had a lot of anxiety over that and have been giving him lots of love. He did really great with the surgery, and he seems to have bounced back quickly. And I also started another YA that I was hoping to share, but it was so bad that I didn't even finish it which is especially rare for me because I even finished that crappy cozy mystery that I was talking about. Thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at don't read drunk. You can email me at don't read drunk at gmail.com or check out my website. Don't read There's no apostrophe in any of the don'ts. Also, this is a hobby podcast. So if you can support me, please do a one-time donation on PayPal using don't read drunk at gmail.com or you could support this podcast by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash don't read drunk. Thank you to my sponsors, Aaron Ruiz at One Up Till Sun Up, who created the music and I talked about earlier. You can find Aaron and One Up Till Sun Up on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Also, Avenue Coffee House, you can find them on Facebook and their website at avenue-coffeehouse.com and Supernova Coffee and Donuts, downtown Milwaukee. Also, don't forget about my new sponsor, Karen Rothley Fine Arts. You can find Karen on Etsy and Facebook. Next episode, we'll be talking about The Summer Wives by Beatrice Williams. Bye, and talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.